Welcome to episode 9 of the Achieving Immortality in 305 Days podcast and this one is a biggie. Sit back and listen as I talk you through what has been both the toughest and most progressive few weeks of my journey so far. Plus I'm going to be announcing the final little secret about the challenge that I think is really going to shock you. But first I want to look back on the chat I've had with Adam, my nutritionist, and explain a few of the changes that we've made to my day-to-day and weekly nutrition protocols. Now, although I've spoken to Adam before in these past few months, this was the first time we actually sat down to map out some of the specifics regarding my nutrition. Until now, Dean and Adam have both been really happy with what my day-to-day nutrition looks like. But we're now going to be particularly looking at the nutrition on the days that I've got a burpee session of 60 minutes or more. And the reason is, is to make sure I'm fully fueled before and during these events to make sure I can maintain the level of performance I need to keep progressing. So the first change he's brought in for me is to start having a beetroot shot first thing in the morning on these days. Now, if you're anything like I was, you'll probably be sat there thinking, why beetroot juice? What does that do for you? What are the benefits? Because I'll be honest, I had no idea. I'd heard of beetroot juice, but I've never looked into the idea of supplementing my diet with it or using it as a way to enhance my training performance. So everything that Adam told me was new. And he explained that basically there's something in beetroot juice called nitrates that enable your mitochondria, which if you don't already know, is essentially the engines within your muscle that tell your muscles to contract and relax. It allows them to work harder and longer when you're exercising, in particularly when your blood oxygen levels are low. Okay, so I don't wanna get too scientific here, but when you can breathe enough oxygen to be able to perform the exercise required, that's called being aerobic, okay? When you can no longer breathe enough oxygen in to continue because the intensity is too high and you can't keep up with the rate of breathing required, that's called being anaerobic, okay? So as you train harder and longer, you naturally progress from being aerobic to being anaerobic. And the research has proven that apparently these nitrates in beetroot juice allow you to perform greater and for longer at this aerobic anaerobic threshold. Now, this is the level of intensity that I'm actually going to be performing at for the duration of the challenge. So the idea is that by supplementing beetroot juice in the morning, three to four hours before I train, if you like, it allows your mitochondria to keep working when that oxygen level drops down, okay? Which is, of course, going to be hugely beneficial for me when it comes to the 24-hour event. And I've got to say, I've tried this now on, I think, three or four occasions, um, and it's had such a dramatic effect. Now, obviously, there's always going to be a, an element of placebo effect, and do I, am I telling myself that I'm feeling better because I'm having this shot? I don't know, but the research is there that, to back all this up. And also, my stats show that it's had an improvement because nothing else really has changed, but it's had such a dramatic effect on lowering my average heart rate when I'm training, as well as my maximum heart rate when I'm training, okay? Both of them have dropped. So from my perspective, I'm really happy with the effects that having beetroot shots has had on my training. Um, So we're gonna keep these in moving forwards and have them just on the days, like I said, that I'm having a burpee session of 60 minutes or more. So that's a small change we've made, but it's had a big improvement in terms of my performance. 
Something else we've changed is my intra-workout drink for when I do these longer burpee sessions. So when I do longer than an hour, I now sip on, it's about 600 mil mixture of electrolytes and cyclic dextrin, which is a fast acting carbohydrate. Plus I also now have energy gels throughout the duration of the sessions as well. Okay, so for every hour that I'm performing burpees for, I have 600 mil of mixture between the electrolytes and cyclic dextrin as well as one gel. So that is repeated however many hours of training I do. So I'll have those pretty much on the hour every hour and then for the duration of the hour, okay? Which is a different approach to when I did the first four hour test event when the carbohydrate source I relied on was things like jelly babies, Haribo's and fruit, okay? But what I found was the physical act of chewing and trying to digest that food whilst I was obviously doing the burpee motion, it was starting towards the end, make me feel a little bit sick, a little bit nauseous. And it was a slower release of carbohydrates, whereas this cyclic dextrin and the gels, they start acting in your mouth. So as soon as they touch the sides of your mouth, they're starting to be absorbed, which has a quicker and more dramatic effect on your energy levels. And again, I've done this two or three times since Adam's prescribed it, and it has made things so, so much easier. I no longer feel full, I don't, don't feel sick. I feel actually more um, energetic, particularly with the energy gels. I've never used these before, but when I have those, within 10 to 15 minutes of having one, I do genuinely feel more energetic. And then the final nutritional change that's happened is that we've increased my daily calories. So they were sitting around 3,500 to 3,700, but as you may have noticed from previous episodes and some of my social media posts, that my body weight was dropping and it's dropped from 87 down to 84, which when it comes to the actual event is still too high, really. We, we've agreed that we wanna be sitting at around 82 for the actual event. Um, but for the time being, we're happy with how my physique is looking. We're happy with kind of the power to weight ratio I've got at the moment. So we don't wanna lose any more weight for the time being. So my calories have now been bumped up a little bit because I've now got more training to do, which I'll come to in a minute. So if my calorie expenditure's going out, going up, sorry, then I need to be increasing my calorie intake. So yeah, I'm now up towards 4,000 calories a day, um, which has actually had a massive improvement so not only in terms of my energy, but some of my biomarkers on the days when I've had these higher calories have been improved. So things like my resting heart rate, my sleep quantity and sleep quality, my mood, um, as well as obviously my energy levels as well, they're better now on higher calories than they were on the lower calories. So already again, it's, it's had a big effect in terms of how I feel and how I'm performing. There are still a couple of elements of my nutrition that haven't changed, they're still staying the same, and that is that my four liters of water is staying the same, I don't need to be drinking anymore, and my caffeine is staying low too. In fact, I've actually decided off my own back to drop this a little bit further as well, for two reasons really. First off, I was starting to feel a lot better mentally and physically having less caffeine from the past few months dropping it off, that I thought I'd trial reducing it further and the early signs are that actually I feel even better still. Um, so before, when I first started, I was having probably four or five coffees in the morning and then a monster energy drink before I trained. So I, I don't even know how many milligrams of caffeine that was, it's, it's a lot. Um, and then I dropped it down to having just a black coffee in the morning and then just my monster energy drink before I train, okay, and having decaf in between. But I've now actually dropped the monster energy drink completely because I started to feel that when I was doing a burpee event specifically, 
having that monster energy it's obviously quite a lot of liquid if you ever, if any of you have ever had one before i was finding i needed to go and pee quite early on within the session now obviously i appreciate i'm going to have to have toilet breaks within the 24 hours but i don't want to be going every 40 to 50 minutes and what i was finding was within the first hour of any bare pee session i was starting to need to go to the loo and isn't it isn't really a good situation for me to be in when i'm looking at a longer duration so i've replaced the monster energy drink with just a normal black coffee and that need to go for a pee has actually dropped off um, i still feel energetic i still i don't feel any reduction of energy so that's been a good change as well that i've made and i think moving forwards what i'll be looking at hopefully doing is depending on how my sleep goes is probably dropping off and reducing my morning coffee as well so getting rid of that first thing in the morning coffee um and trying to get myself hydrated because obviously the more caffeine you have the more impact it's going to have on your hydration i want to be starting to feel hydrated from the moment i wake up so i may look at dropping off that first coffee in the next few weeks or months ahead i'll, I'll see how i go on i'll monitor that myself this isn't something dean dean or adam have told me to do this is something i'm kind of assessing myself of how i feel on day-to-day -day level so moving on to my training in terms of structure and session content these past few weeks have probably been the toughest yet. There's been a significant increase in burpee volume each week progressively. Um, and that's included doing more reps per minute in some sessions. So some of the shorter sessions that are 30 to 40 minutes long are now eight burpees per minute. And now I've got to do two longer sessions each week, which at the moment have been increased up to 100 minutes per session. And all this added together means that in just this past week alone, I'll have done 2,200 burpees before even the weekend, which is a lot. So not only has it been increasingly hard in terms of session intensity for the shorter durations, it's also becoming a little bit trickier to fit all of my sessions in with the longer durations in and around my client. So I've actually had to start now doing one of the sessions on a Wednesday evening to make sure I can still fit everything in. However, the positive of all this is that I haven't seen a drop off in my performance at all. In fact, the complete opposite. In this past week, my performance of burpees has been the best to date by a country mile. Seriously, in fact, my average heart rate for yesterday's, so Thursday's 100 minute burpee session, was only 131 beats per minute, which I actually looked back at my first ever 30 minute session, and I think it was up in 145, 146 beats per minute for exactly the same speed, so seven burpees every minute. It was 140 plus for 30 minutes, whereas now it's 131 for 100 minutes. So it's a dramatic improvement, okay? And it's a clear sign that everything that me and Dean and Adam are doing together is obviously working. And it's setting me up nicely to give this challenge a serious go. Another biomarker that has been progressively getting better that kind of links in with the training because it's an after effect of my training is that my resting heart rate is dropping. When I started this process with Dean, my resting heart rate was still good. It was healthy. It was lower than the average. It was 64 beats per minute. And most people would look at that and say, he's very, very fit. But last week it's got as low as being 53, which is getting towards being a very, very serious athletic level. So again, that's a big positive in terms of where it's come in such a short time. It's only been, uh, I think, 11 or 12 weeks. I've still got six or seven months left to go. So it's probably going to drop off, drop off even further. Um, and some of you have messaged me asking, well, what does the resting heart rate mean to training performance? 
So essentially, in a nutshell, the way your resting heart rate can impact your training is that your heart can only beat so many beats per minute before it fatigues, right? If your starting point is already higher, it gives you less room for fatigue, okay? Because you're already, you're gonna get tireder, tireder, that's not even a word. You're gonna get tired quicker because it's already elevated. So if my resting heart rate can drop as low as possible, it allows a bigger amount of room for my heart rate to gradually increase as I'm training. So therefore I won't reach that fatigue level as quick. And that can only be a good thing when I've got such a long duration to be training for. But saying that my resting heart rate this morning and also for the past couple of days has actually increased a little bit and it's now back up at 55. But I know the reasons why. This is because basically me and Helen have had to do, deal with a lot of stress this past um, week or so, past seven to 10 days, um, involving multiple nights of just less than five hours sleep some nights. All three of the boys are either the doctors, the walk-in center for x-rays, A&E, and then the pediatric ward for CT scans, an overnight stay, and just a lot of general stress, all of which is obviously gonna have a significant impact on both my mental and emotional well-being, okay? And subsequently, my resting heart rate is gonna go up. Now, thankfully, all three boys are all now well and healthy and back to some kind of normality, so, that is no longer an issue, but it's certainly been a very, very, very tough week or so for me and Helen. And I wanna take this opportunity, I know she doesn't listen to this, but just to say that Helen is an absolute superwoman. I genuinely do not know how she, how she does what she does every single day. Um, I mean, it was her who took them all to the hospital and to the doctors and, and had to stay overnight. I was obviously working and then had to deal with the, the other side of childcare. But what she does is just insane. Nothing short of remarkable. So yeah, I take my hat off to Helen. But yeah, anyway, back onto my training. So the reduction of my heart rate stats, both at rest and during my training, is a clear indication that physically I'm in a really good place right now. And, and I've actually just got off a Zoom call with Dean this morning, and he's been looking at all of my stats, and he's been comparing them to other athletes. Now, because there are no scientific data for anyone who's done a 24-hour burpee event, we're having to use things like ultramarathon runners and distance athletes, endurance athletes, as benchmarks to compare against. But nevertheless, my stats now are at the same kind of level with some elite level endurance athletes to the point where he would actually have no worries of me being able to then go out and perform something like a four to six hour long endurance run right now, even though I've not done any specific running training. So that's how much he's got confidence in how well my training is going at the moment, which I've got to be honest, is a huge confidence boost because I know from talking with Dean that my training over the next few weeks, I've got a couple of things planned in the next month or so, it's going to get a lot tougher and it can be very easy when you hear that something's going to get harder for you to become a little bit dejected, to think a little bit more worried and to become a little bit more concerned, so to speak, with how am I going to be able to cope with this? Am I going to be able to perform to the levels that I need to perform? But hearing his, his words has given me a massive confidence boost just, in the, just at the right time because I've actually got my next test event coming up in, I think it's a week and a bit's time on the 1st of June. And I've got to be doing a six hour burpee session, which 
As strange as it may sound to you guys, I'm actually now looking forward to because of how I feel physically, because of how I feel mentally now, the motivation is there that I know I'm gonna perform really well during the six hour event. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. So now we've reached the part of the podcast that you've probably been waiting for, the final piece of the puzzle about the challenge itself and the secret that I've actually been keeping from you all for the past few months now. So as you all know, the event I'm gonna be doing is 24 hours of burpees. And a major part of my training so far, if you've kept up with it, has been doing seven burpees every minute on the minute, which I've actually had quite a few messages about from you guys asking why this specific number, why this training format, okay? Well, the reason is, is that I've got a very specific number of burpees that I'm actually aiming to beat in the 24 hours. And do, in doing so, this is what will actually make my name immortal, hence the name of the podcast. And the reason is, is that my challenge is actually gonna be an official Guinness World Record attempt. So if I reach this target that I've got, then the name Martin Pace will be going into the official record books. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever tried to beat an official world record before, but Jesus Christ, there is so much red tape and rules and regulations that you have to adhere to for it to be an official attempt. I think I've got something like four A4 pages of rules that I have to adhere to if it's gonna be an official recognized attempt. And this is one of the reasons why I've had to hold off announcing this so far because there's a number of things I've had to get prepared and set up well in advance to make sure the attempt can go ahead in December. Things like I've got to have two cameras recording the event, one from the front view, one from the side view. At all times, I've got to have two witnesses, one of which has to be a qualified personal trainer. They in themselves can only do four hour durations at the same time. I have to get a repeat number of people coming back every four hours to be those witnesses. There's a lot of regulations that I have to stick to. The other reason is simply the fact I didn't want to look stupid and say that I'm gonna go for a 24 hour world record straight away and then struggle to even do one hour. So I wanted to wait and make sure I was progressing sufficiently after this three month mark so that I was actually confident in the fact that I would be able to even get close to this attempt. But because of all the improvements I've seen these past few weeks and how the past three months have been as a whole and the analysis Dean has done on my progression and where he feels I'm sitting in relation to other athletes at the moment, it's all looking very, very promising. So I thought I'd tell you all and add a little bit more accountability to my own journey and tell you everything. Because now you all know, it's out there, it's in the public to know. So. I can't just stop the challenge. I can't now stop my training because I would look stupid and I do not want to look stupid. So yeah, the current record is 9,119. And if I manage to perform the formula that I've been practicing, so the seven burpees every minute on the minute and stick to the planned rest periods that we've accounted for, then it would mean I end up doing, I think it's around 9,200, 9,300 in total. So it is going to be tight. It's not going to be anywhere near a pushover. And this is why we're doing a number of test events in the lead up to the challenge to see if we can trial different speeds and reps per minute and also vary the frequency and duration of the rest periods to see if we can make the process any easier or shall I say <laughs> any less difficult because it's not going to be easy in the slightest. But if we can 
allow for potentially more rest times or more rest periods and allow for a bigger total to be achieved it will give me a little bit more room for maneuverability if on the day something doesn't go to plan because i have to be realistic it is not going to be an easy feat to do i am probably going to have periods where i need to have longer than my planned rest i may not keep up the speed for the entire for the entire 24 hours so i need to have that kind of backup plan to make sure that i can still keep going and hopefully fingers crossed still achieve the record so yeah this challenge is going to be a pretty big deal not only am i hoping to raise thousands of pounds for an incredible charity but in doing so i'll hopefully be walking away with a guinness world record too so that is the big announcement that's the big secret and that actually brings us to the end of today's episode Okay, but before I go, I just wanted to let you know that due to the increase in training volume I've now got and having gained a couple of new clients, both online and in person, it's becoming more and more difficult to record these podcasts on a weekly basis like I did at the very start. So it's more than likely that I'll be doing these on a two or a three weekly basis. So just make sure you've hit the follow and subscribe buttons so that you get notified when the next episode is out and ready for you to listen to. As always, thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate all of your support and all of the kind comments and messages that I've had over the past few months. They really are motivating and I can't explain how much it means to me to hear that my journey is inspiring some of you to embark on your own health and fitness journeys. So thank you very, very much. It really does mean a lot. So please, I hope you can join me next time when I'll be back on and hopefully I'll be able to tell you about how successful the six hour test event goes. Until then, have an amazing day and an awesome week and I'll speak to you all very soon.